Blog Talk Radio. For the Bobby Eaton Show, yeah. giving you information you'll want to know, speaking on issues affecting us all, and music for the soul. Yeah. It's the Bobby Eaton Show. Bobby. It's the Bobby Eaton Show. Bobby. It's the Bobby Eaton Show. Bobby. It's the Bobby Eaton Show. Hello world, good afternoon, good evening, hey, and wherever you're at on the globe, welcome to the Bobby Eaton Show. This is where we tell our stories our way in the heart of Black Wall Street, Tulsa, and uh, 1921 Massacre, and we tell it our way, black owned, black registered, black everything, blackity, blackity, black, and that's what we do right here. Today we got a great show, I got some guests in here from the young people's perspective, we're going to be talking about uh, Juneteenth, uh, uh, Greenwood, history. We're going to get it from a young people's perspective. And so we want you to tune in. You can dial the number 646-716-5525. And don't forget to press that one button. Well, anyway, I had such a great time down on uh, the heart of Black Wall Street this weekend. A lot of stuff was going on. A lot of people... It was uh, very exciting for me because I'm one of those guys from the old school. I remember protesting in the 60s and the 70s for equal rights, and we're still doing it today. So that's what's going on. Keep the faith. Be strong and uh, do what's necessary to invest into your people. That's what we're doing right here. Uh, Every Thursday night, Juice Radio Show. From all the hometown heat, they come to you every uh, Thursday, 6 p.m. Central Standard Time. Hold on one second. You know, we do what we want to do over here. It don't matter. We split verbs. We talk. We don't. It don't matter. It's all in a natural way of things because when you say we tell our stories our way, we do what we want to do. This, Like I said earlier, it's black owned and uh, we don't have to answer to Mr. Charlie for nothing, you know, so, and it's all good in the neighborhood. Well, I'm going to take a little break, and I'm going to bring on our guests, and uh, we'll be right back. Tell a family member, tell a friend, you're on the Bobby Eaton Show, where we tell our stories our way. Thank you. 
talking about hey we had a wonderful weekend this weekend down on greenwood uh black wall street how you guys feel about it i mean it was good to me i mean it was a lot of people out there though like it went on to my knowledge it went on for a while meaning you know all night um but apparently it went, it went really well i didn't i didn't unfortunately i didn't get the chance to go but Apparently, I you know I believe it was. You missed uh, all you missed a lot of that activity. Yeah, I did. I did. Oh I did. my god! I know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm what slacking. A, okay, that's TK. What about you, Angel? Um, for what it's worth, I think it was a really great way to show respect, especially with Trump coming down here. We needed to show love for our community and for everybody. Um, I didn't get the chance to go out there. I heard about it. Um, wasn't trying to be out yeah. in the drama, but mm-hmm. I really like how we came together and united. Right. And Nika, I know you was down there because I saw you down there. Yes, I was down there vending um, Vending. for the first time. Mm -hmm. What do you think? I loved it. I loved seeing everyone come together in that moment and just share in black culture Mm -hmm. and just experience that. Mm -hmm. Uh And a little one, Camilla, how do you feel? Get close to that mic. Get close up to that microphone. How do you feel? I liked it. You liked it, huh? What is it that you really liked about it? Um, that there were a lot of vendors and a lot of different people we got to meet. Ah, okay. Okay. That's good. You know, the exciting part for me as a, well, I'm going to say for me, (laughs) I was so intrigued and looking at the excitement of young people coming together for a cause and a purpose, you know, and uh, just seeing that, you know, it was like, wow, it was just thousands of people in the streets, uh, on the sidewalks, vendors, music. I mean, it was so eventful for the Juneteenth celebration. Mm -hmm. And on the next night, it was just a lot of people, you know, so and just hanging out on Greenwood. And I hadn't seen that in a long time of that, you know, that many people, you know, so it was such a good thing. And do you think that most Mm -hmm. of the younger people, knew what they were out there for, or were they just out there just, just to party? Mm, I think, well, I think that most of them did. Um, for the most part, to my knowledge, a lot of the youth or whatever in the community, they knew exactly what was going on. They went out there for, for everybody had the same intention in going out there, the same reason of why they wanted to support Juneteenth. Even if they didn't um, uh, celebrate it last year or the day before or the year before, they had a reason to come and celebrate it now, you mm-hmm. know? So it kind of gave them a little bit more awareness mm-hmm. uh, that Juneteenth does happen and the importance of Juneteenth, mm-hmm. you know? I see, I see. Nika, uh, uh, you're from out of town, and you just moved here to Tulsa, mm-hmm. and you've been here for a few months, and it was your first time and your first event going down on Black Wall Street, right? On yes. Greenwood. Right. So what was your 
opinion of what you've seen with your eyes and you know you had your beautiful little daughter with you. What did you see? I mean, what did you what did you think? I saw a lot of community coming together. Um, when my daughter asked to get a snow cone and I asked the vendor how much it was going to be, um, I didn't know that, you know, certain vendors, it's on the house just because they're a part of the initiative of the Juneteenth Festival. And so seeing that kind of just let me know that it's not always about money. It's about community and coming together and just pulling your resources together and just giving back in that moment Mm -hmm. and not always making it about, am I getting a profit off of this? It's about your community and seeing them face to face and just making that connection. Yeah. And that was a good thing. Camilla, get close there. You know, I saw you guys down there. And it was a group of guys playing basketball, right? And I said, hey, let us shoot. And they, they gave her the ball and let you shoot, didn't they? Mm-hmm. And you made a basket. How did you feel about that? Um, I felt really good. You felt really good, huh? I I feel good just watching you shoot you know, <laughs> out there. You know, and that those guys would stop shooting just to let her yeah. make a basket. You yeah. Know, yeah. So. That was good. And it's so good when we can come together and we can do what we need to do without shooting, fighting, Mm -hmm. something happening, you know, bad stuff going on, you know. So we can come together. Anytime we can come together and do that, that's a a win. Yeah. You know, that is most definitely a win. So, um, and also, down on uh, Black Wall Street, I understand that TKU and Angel are now going to be working at the Black Wall Street Liquid Lounge. Yes, we are. Yes. Y'all really excited, excited? Excited about it? Yes, yes, I'm so excited. Really excited. So many opportunities, especially for um, our black community. Yeah, really excited. excited. Yeah. It's black owned, right on Greenwood, so it's like the perfect, the perfect spot to be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you're gonna be down there working, and my brother Dwight and Tro- Guy Troop. Uh, going to be doing some training and getting you going and stuff like that. Yep. You know, I like that place because of the fact that you can get a lot of culture and a lot of knowledge mm-hmm. and just socialize and handle business and things like that right down at the Black Wall Street Liquid Lounge, which is located next to Lefties, mm-hmm. right next door to Lefties. You go in there. When it was open before the before COVID hit, yeah, we were down there every day. I remember seeing you down there. I would go down there and have business meetings, meeting with people, brainstorming, Mm -hmm. doing things. And and then all of a sudden, a group of us started just kind of hanging out. And we started knowing each other, Charity Marcus and Fred Jones and Dean Finley. And all of us were going down there. And it was kind of becoming like a family conversation. And then we were meeting new people steadily coming in the coffee shop. Yeah. Yeah. I recommend, Nika, that you go down to the coffee shop sometime. Yes. And yeah. you know, you can bring your children down there. It's 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 family friendly. Yeah. And you know, stuff like that. Hang yeah. out and you know, meet people and exactly. socialize and things like that. Yeah. And the coffee is definitely good. Oh the coffee's gonna <laughs> yeah. be long diggity. We're excited to open, start serving yeah. everyone. What's what's the opening date? Um, we're open right now, okay. so we're still selling coffees, okay. lattes. Um, but right next week, we're going to start selling food and getting everything together. Nice. So, yeah, yeah, which make is sure a good thing. Come out and support. Definitely. Yeah, that's a good thing when you can be able to support our black-owned businesses. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Now, um, moving forward, what do you think would it take to improve Black Wall Street and Greenwood? What do you think it needs? If you had to put something down there, what would you actually think that it needs? Well, I have my answer, but I'm going to let you all. Okay, yeah. Well, Angel, uh, Nika, what you got? What do you think that it would need? You were down there, Nika. Yeah. What do you think that was missing down there that you could say, well, boy, if this was down here, it would be even better? Well, just more, you know, infrastructure to house the uh, people that would want to work and um, operate on... So more economic development, is right, that what you're saying? Right, right, like the, the building infrastructure. Mm-hmm. How many square footage are we looking at? You know, what type of infrastructure can support those businesses? Is it kitchen businesses? Like, what can we put into those spaces? Mm-hmm. Um, and then I say taking a, a notch further and giving them a year of rent for free. Mm-hmm. Um, to, it, you know, <laughs> yeah, that to, sounds good. Huh? To attract as many black business owners to that area as mm-hmm. possible so that we can spur that economic growth in the area mm-hmm. as quickly as possible. Yeah. Flood, yeah. flood it, you know. Yeah, we, it. we've talked about. You know what I think? If you had more restaurants, mm-hmm. more more clothing industry and businesses and retail and restaurants and things that could actually bring people to maybe a couple of little little nightclub spots or something mm-hmm. down off in there, entertainment, yeah. you know, venues and things like where people are want to come down right. there. Oh, yeah. maybe a little spot where you could, people doing poetry, yeah. people doing comedy, a couple of little small bands playing and singing and stuff, and entertainment yeah. uh, kind of venues down there would really mm-hmm. help attract the people to consistently come down there. Right. Yeah, because right now, like we have, we need more businesses. Like there's only one block or a block and a half. Like we have a whole Greenwood, but there's only. Yeah, it is. 10 businesses right now mm-hmm. on Greenwood, so we need yeah. more businesses coming, more black-owned businesses coming. Yeah, yeah. more spaces, all that. Yeah. And I do think that the like with with having more restaurants and nightclubs and you know little chill spots, you can make Greenwood the hangout spot. You know, yeah. and where it you needs, you and your it boys to be a hangout ticket. spot. Yeah, you know that'd be good for you guys to come mm-hmm. and hang out mm-hmm. because the seniors ain't coming out. They ain't, <laughs> yeah, thing of us places where you guys could come and hang. I mean, you might get a few of seniors. It just depends on what kind of stuff you got going on. Mm -hmm. You know, but uh, I said, hey, man, we need to probably for the seniors, we need to probably pop up a little jazz spot or something where people, they can go hang. And Then you got your hip-hop stuff and your culture Mm -hmm. and, you know, different different kinds of of entertainment to draw people on Greenwood. Because those those businesses close up about six or seven o'clock. Yeah, a few of them we've seen were only open from Wednesday through Sunday, which is mm-hmm. not bad, you know. Yeah. But we need more things. They're having the museum opening up, which is mm-hmm. going to be a good thing for Greenwood, more attraction, more people yeah, to come over. across the street over there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But we need more things for people who live here, like young black people who want to go to clubs or have just a place to hang out and entertain. Like, we have a lot of stuff downtown, but it's not black-owned. Yeah, so we sure. Need we need more black-owned cultural business. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we do. You know, with that black feel to it, you know. Mm-hmm. You, know you don't have to go off in there and all you hear is Garth Brooks. You know <laughs> what I mean? You know, I mean, I'm just saying, no, no offense to Garth, but I'm just yeah, saying. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> something like that. So, mm-hmm. so you guys who got a couple of people out there who got a couple of nickels, put two nickels together, you know, and make a dollar. 
you know, and uh, go out and purchase some land, invest. See, that's the issue I have is we do have black dollars here that could do something mm-hmm. here in our communities. Mm-hmm. We got black dollars. Don't be fooled and think that we don't, well, we don't have enough money to do that. You got brothers and sisters who work at some pretty decent uh, establishments making good money. Yeah. They work for the city. They work for American Airlines. The postal workers, there are lawyers and attorneys and that could get together and build economic wealth here in our community. They could get, a couple of guys could get together and say, hey, I'm open, we're going to open up a cleaners. Mm-hmm. We're going to open up a grocery store. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. If we could ever get the mindset of putting our dollars and our monies together, you yeah. know, so because you got to think about it. With and here in North Tulsa, since we don't have a lot of economic <coughs> development here in North Tulsa, we have to get on the freeway, go to Walmart out here, and go to all these places, spend our black dollars over in other communities. They get our taxpayer dollars over there, and then we come back over here to our side of town. Yeah, because all they have out here is Dollar Generals, Family Dollars, yeah, and it's it. more expensive, and we got to spend that money. And it, it's not good product. Yeah, you know, think about it. We some of us live off of Family Dollar mm-hmm. for that's the food the and everything. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. you know that's the only place you go is close because it's convenient. Go over there and get you some some of that food out of there. And, Nothing you know. inside of Family Dollar is food. It, yeah, no, it's not. It's not. And when you really look at it, it's not. They got eggs and bacon and, and sausage and all of that. Taquitos. What is it? And, uh, <laughs> is that what it's called? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All of that pizza in the oven yeah. and stuff. You know. Come on now. You know that's pretty rough. Yeah. yeah. It's pretty it's bad. Like what we grew up on, but that's like the closest thing we have. Yeah. yeah. Well, I didn't grow. Up, I didn't grow up on. No. That. Yeah. Not grow up. Not grow up. But, you know, yeah, I understand. Noodles, that's what you. That's, pizza, that's what you have like now yeah. to some of the younger generation. Right. So yeah. we live ten years less than most races of people. Mm-hmm. You know, so if they they if they're ninety, we die. We live. We dying at eighty. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's the statistics yeah. on what we have in our community because we don't have good healthy choices. Now we have a lot of fast food places. And that's where we go, straight to the fast food places. You know, the the McDonald's, Burger King's, Taco Bell's, Sonic's, you know, and mm-hmm. all of that kind of stuff. And we just eat off of that, too, as well. Yeah. See, Granite Albertsons, you know, Food Pyramid, they probably went on the business, or they're not here in Tulsa anymore. But why is it that we can't eat a grocery store out here out north? Like, mm. Well, one thing is to the fact that... Um, the economic growth. See, a lot of times, if you're in the grocery stores, okay, Albertson, mm-hmm. they went out of business, period. Yeah, I know, granted. Yeah, yeah they went out, out of business, business period. And then um, Perez opened up Gateway, mm-hmm. which was a failure. They gave him a million yeah, or so okay. dollars. And he opened up Gateway and put inferior product up there. Mm-hmm. So he took some of that money. I'm just going to say it. I don't care if y'all like it or not. Mm-hmm. He took that money they gave him and opened up other businesses, mm-hmm. you know, and put him, put some of that leftover stuff out of those grocery stores up here. And that stuff was 
mule doing and spoiling. Yeah, the quality was horrible. Quality was Nobody horrible. Went. Yeah, so people didn't go. Ugh. I mean, you get something and outdated stuff, and yeah, it was, you know, it was, it was terrible. Leftovers. And I mean, I heard that. Well, they used to have like this little sign, kind of down Peoria, that they were going to open a grocery store, like a black-owned grocery store. But I don't know what happened to it. Um, this sign well, I think down. I think something's in the making. Okay. Uh, we just got to see what happens. I don't want to. Tell everybody so they get all excited right, and stuff, right. you know. We just have to see what's going to happen because you've heard it before. Yeah. Oh, they're going to open a grocery store over here. They're going to open up a grocery store over there. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it never happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I think it may be something getting ready to happen. Mm-hmm. Because Hopefully. when I was coming up, we had four or five grocery stores over here. Mm-hmm. I mean, we had grocery stores, just vegetables, fruits, you know, all the time. I mean, there's plenty mm-hmm. of grocery stores, but yeah. that economic uh, downfall. It's downfall. Mm-hmm. You the know? diversification of it all. Huh? The how they di- diversed it. Uh, yeah. With the suppliers. They did. Yeah, when they uh, you know did away with segregation and um, integrated everything, mm-hmm. you you know left out a lot of black business owners when you integrate you know economically. With the white business, yeah, they did. So definitely, you know, when gentrification came in too as well. Yeah. And when they, when gentrification takes place, you have those buildings like those businesses like Quick Trips and Mm -hmm. the McDonald's and the big time corporate businesses, and they come in and just take over. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. You know, I've been to a smaller. Okay, now North Tulsa has about thirty-three thousand blacks in it who live in this community. But you can go to little small towns like Sperry and Skytook and Bigsby mm-hmm. who have more economic development than we do. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's true. You know, they, they got Walmarts and all mm-hmm. kinds of stuff, and you'd be like, wow, man, they don't have no 33,000 people. But you they got no abandoned houses. No abandoned houses or nothing, mm-hmm. you know. But that's why we got to get together and reclaim our land Buy our land, and those of you who are listening, keep your land. Yeah. You know, we wouldn't be in here right now if we had to sold our land and our property. We kept our property, you know, so now we can use our property, mm-hmm. you know. So keep your land, keep your property. Just because Grandma's roof has a mm-hmm. hole in, in the roof, get the roof repaired yeah. and keep it. Rather than say, well, we're going to move out of here. We're going to go get an apartment paid. 800 to 1,000 a month And then next thing you know Here come the Hispanics looking at Grandma's house you didn't lost it You know in a tax sale And then they didn't got it for $3,000 From the city And so they they get nine Guys together mm-hmm. go over there And roof that house sheetrock mm-hmm. that house And and have it looking Better than it ever been mm-hmm. And then you be kind of upset I should have kept it right. That's what they do because yeah. they know here in Tulsa, North Tulsa is prime. It's a diamond in the rough. And they're steadily moving back over here into our neighborhoods. I see more whites walking up the streets and everywhere coming back to North Tulsa. Yeah, you know, it's so. right on Patier Pine. They have like this new um, homing development, which looks like houses that are out in the suburbs. And there's mainly... Where? It's kind of over there by Lacey Park. 
Oh, okay. Lacey Park, yeah, right down called, the street down yeah. here. Yeah, actually called like Organ Circle or something like Organ that. Organ Circle. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. Ogan Circle is right there. Ogan and you know what's up in there is Ogan Circle got new new housing development, which is right down the street around the corner from here. And it's a lot of young business black professionals who own those whole those houses up in there. Young black professionals. It's like a little cloudy sack full of homes. Yeah. And uh, they bought those homes hmm. right here in the community. And we can continue to do that yeah. if we got black developers and people who want to invest. And doing things like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's what's going on right there up at uh, Ogan Circle. Mm-hmm. So moving forward, how do you guys feel about we're going to go back to Black Lives Matter? Okay. How do you guys feel about Black Lives Matter? Because we do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. Do you mean the the entire movement in general? The entire the... movement in general. Uh, what mm-hmm. happened here in Tulsa with Black Lives Matter? How do you guys feel about it? Period. Um. Okay. Um. I do support Black Lives Matter. Obviously, uh, I do support that one hundred percent. Um. I, okay. I'll, I'll say maybe a couple years ago, like. I just heard about Black Lives Matter, the organization, maybe two and a half years ago. Mm-hmm. And before that, I knew of it, but um, they they weren't really doing anything. So, you know, like I didn't really there wasn't they wasn't that popular. I don't think back you know before those years or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I recently learned about the organization and everything. And I mean, I support what they do. I don't know any of like certain things that they haven't done you know, that will make me not support them. But for the most part, I mean, I support the organization. I support, you know, Black Lives Matter. I agree with that. So. Mm-hmm. Um, as in for the statement, Black Lives Matter, um, I feel like it's a powerful statement. I really feel like it's a really good statement to go off of. I'm here in Tulsa. I really feel like it was a really good outcome. Um, I was really surprised about how many people – really came out and showed their support for um, black people in the community. Like there was a lot of, you know, white people, you know, outside, you know, painting Black Lives Matter on Greenwood, outside supporting us as well Mm -hmm. um, and making sure that we um, get equal rights as them because they know what type of power that they have and they know that it's not right. Mm -hmm. But I really think it's a strong movement, strong thing going. We should keep going until the wheels fall off. Yeah. But I really think it's a powerful message, you know. Mm-hmm. What about you, Nika? I think that the message is fitting for the century and the time and everything that we're in right now and what we're facing and, and uh, going forward with. Um, this movement right now is really sparking a lot of awareness mm-hmm. um, in a lot of people around the world. And it's really getting people to see what changes do we need to see going forward after this. And that's the conversation that's really sparking everyone's minds right now to how can we make this better? Because this is wrong. Let's make it right. And let's come together. And so that's important that Black Lives Matter is doing that right now. Does your daughter know about Black Lives Matter? Yes, you know about What do you think about Black Lives Matter? You tell us. I support Black Lives Matter because Black Lives do matter. And I think that everyone should be treated <laughs> equally no matter what color their skin is. Ooh. Oh, that's yeah. powerful. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. And, you know, how old are you? Eight. 
You're eight years old. Your mama didn't taught you well, huh? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's a good thing right there. Yes. And we want to support Black Lives Matter because I noticed that a lot of whites are supporting Black Lives Matter. Young, young whites with yeah. Black Lives Matter signs and no justice, no peace signs and yeah. all of that, you know. So I'm, I'm saying to myself, wow, is there a movement taking place? What's happening? Is a change about to take place? Because what I really think is that a lot of young whites don't want to take on the same theories and messages that their grandpas and mm-hmm. grandmas had with racism and hatred and, and yeah. slavery. They don't embrace that time period and all that. And they, they know it was some, un, and, you know, justice wasn't done. So I think that they're rebelling against that mm-hmm. because they're going to school nowadays and they got blacks in their schools, on their football teams and PTA and cheerleading squads and stuff like that. And they, a lot of them have embraced black culture, mm-hmm. you know, through the music, the hip-hop music and things like that. So the thought process is a little bit different, you know, than them old fogey-stogey, what I say, gray-haired white foxes. <laughs> You know what I mean? Yeah. Who are out there? So. And they're also participating in the culture just as much now, more so than ever as well. As ever in the culture. Yeah. And that's what it's all about. They love that culture. Right there. I mean, they're actually getting to know people for who they are. Like you yeah. know, back in the day, they just what just wanted to take, take, take. They didn't want to share or trade or anything like that. Yeah. yeah they just, and that's what they did. Take. I have to say that you have to look at the situation. The Constitution of this USA America was written without you in mind as black people. Yes. And the Emancipation Proclamation came about, the freeing of the slaves. And um, when it was signed, we still wasn't free. A few years later, they did down in Galveston, Texas, when they started celebrating was on the 19th, and that became Juneteenth, mm-hmm. you know, because even Abraham Lincoln had slaves yeah. himself. Yeah. Yeah, so I actually went to the house where they read off the final um, Juneteenth proclamation in oh, Galveston, yeah. Texas. And, yeah, in Galveston. Yeah, I took some photos in front of the house just for historical purposes' sake. And it, just, it's down there, huh? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, see, a lot of people don't know that. That, that Galveston, Texas. Mm-hmm. That's where it was the last yes. part yep. of slavery, yeah. right? Because yeah. people was enslaved for a couple of years. They didn't even know. Yeah. Well, we still enslaved. They knew. They yeah. just didn't want minds them to. Yeah. Trying to get our minds out of that slavery. Yeah. Out of slave mentality. Mm-hmm. Well, see, one thing that I realized is that uh, we got to stop hating each other. That hate is strong, and we got to stop that. This weekend showed me what we can do when we come together. Mm-hmm. You know, when we all come together, we can celebrate, we can have fun, we can exchange information and knowledge and talk about us. I saw so many people with T-shirts on, I can't breathe, and mm-hmm. Black Lives Matter, all this, you know, this, this gear was on a lot of young people. Mm-hmm. And we have to do more than just wear it. We got to be about it, right. you know. Yeah. It's some action. Right, because you can tell us how much you are about black lives, how much you want to protect us, be for us, but 
when it comes down to it, are you going to be there or are you going to run? So, yeah, yeah, are you going to run away? Mm-hmm. Uh, I saw some signs that said white silence is not the way to go. No. So whites will be in silence. Yep. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of times you have some whites say, oh, that's too bad, you know, that, it, that they're doing them like that. Right, try to be and, neutral. And that's try to, <laughs> I'm so bad, you know, and so therefore you got that narrative right there. You know, but yeah. I think the younger white Whites are saying, wait a minute, hey, I'm going to do something about it. I'm going to go out here and protest. Well, Johnny, don't go out there involved in all of that. That's some old ones talking. Mm-hmm. You know, so yeah, uh, it makes a difference. Yeah, you know I, mean? I see more of them protesting than us. Yeah. Right? To tell you, I'm just being truthful. Yeah. More whites are young, young whites, let me make that understood, are out there protesting more than a, a lot of blacks. I mean, okay, my opinion on that, because we did have protests here in Tulsa. I've seen all about it. And, you know, I support my black people, but at the same time, we're so used to being mistreated that if we do go out there, that maybe we feel like we're not going to be heard still. So all these white people are out there, you know, kind of making more of a voice. We still need to go out there and make a voice, but. Just being afraid, fear, I guess, I don't know, something might, you might get arrested or I might. You know, so how do you guys feel about the George Floyd murder? I think that George, George Floyd's murder was the beginning of something really powerful because it, it, once that his murder was, you know, became viral and everybody's seen it, you know, on social media, blah, blah, um, a lot of young black people started getting, like, kind of feathers started, you know, going up a little bit and started getting riled up. People started getting riled up and even more, like, willing to go out and do something. And white people are more willing to go out and do something because white people actually seen that, okay, this police officer is wrong. And there was, there's, like, a video of evidence that shows that this police officer is wrong, you know? I think other murders, it was just like um, maybe what you heard, but this one was like... What you're seeing. What you're seeing, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it it definitely shook shook up quite a few people worldwide. Mm -hmm. Camilla, now I saw you walking down on Black Wall Street with a poster of George Floyd and you're nine years old, right? Eight. Eight. I'm sorry. Eight years old. Eight years old. What did you think about him and that poster you were carrying? I think his murder drew the line for me. Oh, Mm. drew the line. So how... how, Explain. Um, I don't even know how to explain it. Do Do you think it was unjust? It wasn't in other words, that murder was not something good, was it? No, it was not. Mm-hmm. So what are you? What did you take out of it, knowing that the police murdered George Floyd? And what do you think? I think that it was very wrong. It was very wrong, huh? You're eight years old. And... Uh, it's, it's sad that someone that's eight years old have to witness things like yeah. that. Mm-hmm. And Nika, 
how did you explain that to your daughter? Uh, I explained first to her about um, the gentleman that was running in Georgia that was shot um, mm-hmm. first before mm-hmm. George Floyd, Ahmaud, Ahmaud Aubrey. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had to explain that to her. And then literally a couple days later, it was having to explain another yet again. And it's like, I, she's a girl, you know, a young, young up and coming girl. I just don't know how much I'm supposed to not tell her so that mm. she can feel like there's this sense of security for black men in the future for her. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's not the case and that's not the reality. And I have to make sure that I'm bringing her into what the reality is right now because my parents were very sheltering of me and I don't want to do that for my daughter. Wow. I see. I see. So, mm-hmm. yeah. so it, you know, I think that, see, Police have always been killing black men for years. They've been killing them for years, killing them on back streets, killing them in fields, uh, taking them and just abusing them for years. But, about black women. Yeah. So, but I think what the difference is today in 2020 and 2019, 18, or whatever the year may be, we're capturing it on camera and on our phones and videos. So now it's bringing some awareness to it. You know, now policemen are now supposed to have uh, body cams and things like that. Some of them I've even heard, heard may blur out the video. Mm-hmm. You know, so you can't really make out what's going on. Mm-hmm. But they're supposed to have that. And I think uh, people are really so. Whenever you get stopped by the police, pull out your camera and video the conversation and everything. Yeah, and that's really sad because it's supposed to be about integrity, about what you do when people aren't watching you, mm-hmm. or what people, what you do when people aren't like looking at you. Yeah. yeah. And the fact that you even have to get body cameras because you can't trust what you're doing while you're doing your job, like it's just sad. But everybody don't do their job. Well, yeah, everyone's you know, police, not the policemen. Same. You know, you got good cops, bad cops. Mm-hmm. You know, and bad cops make good cops look bad. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it makes the whole force just look. I know a couple of black police officers who are good police officers. Mm-hmm. You know, they, as long as there's no disturbance and no foolishness going on, they're cool with it. You know what I mean? They own the police force, but they fight to struggle for equal rights. You know, and, and you always got some Klansmen on the police force who are constantly trying to uh, belittle young youths, and they got to have rookie police cops they got to have something to do, so they got to go and harass people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, know? that's the biggest thing is the harassment portion of it. It's like... Go ahead. It's like antagonizing um, and, and just adding fuel to fires mm-hmm. when people are oppressed and, and just feel like they have no voice and someone's stepping down on them all the time, and then you come and antagonize the situation and make it worse. It's like, mm-hmm. how do you think they're going to lash out or respond mm-hmm. to you? They're not going to be, you know, meeting you with biscuits and cookies and tea. Like, <laughs> you got to, you know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. If you're coming at me a certain way and, and your demeanor is just not, you Good. know, it's not community-type mm-hmm. demeanor, 
you're coming at me like you view me as an enemy, mm-hmm. you know. And Straight I mean, up. Yeah. Enemy. We're in the community. We should be in the community together. Should be, you know. And my thing is, I feel like police officers should live in their communities, personally. Yeah. I, I think they just should be raised, and you should, hey, what's going on, Joe? What's going on, Sammy? You know, whatever. Hey, what's happening? Be, and you know them personally. Mm-hmm. They eat in your restaurants in your community. They go to your basketball courts and gyms and to your PTAs, PTA, and you know them. Mm-hmm. They know they've had cultural training to where they know how to communicate with you. You know, often we have police officers who live here in Tulsa, mm-hmm. who live out in Bigsby, Broken Arrow, Skyatoo, and they drive into our community not knowing any cultural uh, positions on our people, mm-hmm. and they just do stuff to be doing it. They have quotas and stuff they feel like they got to meet. You know, and as a rookie police officer, I've talked to some of the senior police says. A lot of rookies come in and they want to make an impression. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. impress the older guys who've been there 25 years and, and all that. And now the older guys say, well, I was just like that when I came in. So we got to change the narrative mm-hmm. and the policies of our law enforcement. Because you got to change policy, you know, procedures and policy. Look here, man. Y'all can't put, you put your your knee on somebody's neck, you're going to prison. Right. You're going to die. Yeah. We're going to execute you too. Yeah. And so they won't do that kind of behavior because that man held his knee on George Floyd's neck for, what, eight minutes? Yeah. Eight minutes. And George called out for his mother. Mm-hmm. I heard it. He called out for his mother. Yeah. You know, and he died. Mm -hmm. And that's what brought a lot of national attention Mm -hmm. to everything. Because they got tired. Terrence Crutcher was walking with his hands up in the air and died. And I don't care. I'm like this. If you're on drugs, alcohol, uh, uh, heroin, uh, what they call it, wacky weed or whatever, Mm -hmm. you know, if you're high, you do not deserve to die. Right. No one deserves to die. You don't deserve to die. You know, you, there are several ways law enforcement should be able to to um, aid you, yeah. you know, without killing you. Yeah. You're in an altered yeah. state. So, you know, like, I mean, you're obviously not yourself or, you know, your normal self. Or if you have mental disabilities or whatever the case is. There's something going on, you know. The, uh-huh. the first response shouldn't be to pull my gun out and shoot you. Yeah. Exactly. If they're yeah. not even armed, like there, there's nothing on them yeah. that's a weapon, like nothing. Nothing. There's no weapon. There's nothing. Yeah. A guy running, he's fighting, whatever. There's, I mean, you're the police. You should be able to call back up and restrain him or something, or right. get him in a position of where he just gonna calm down finally, yeah. and that'd be that. Because if you're scared, you need to get a new job. No, huh? He said if you're scared at your own job to be a police officer, you feel it. You don't scared? need that job. Yeah, you need a new job. Yeah, <laughs> sorry. Uh, the gentleman, what's his name, who just got shot running? Um, Ahmad. Ahmad. Mm-hmm. Well, the one that got sh- at the Wendy's. 
Um, anyway, yeah. that brother was that bu- that brother was getting the best of those police. Mm-hmm. That's what they didn't like, because they were tussling. Them two police officers was tussling with that brother, and that brother was getting around and strong arm, and he got away mm-hmm. from them. And they didn't really like that. And they followed him, and they couldn't. There's nothing else they could do, so they pulled out their weapon and shot him. Mm-hmm. He was getting the best of them. Look at that video. I'm like, ooh, we looked at We said, ooh, look at him. He's coming up. Oh, there you go. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And he got one of them's taser. Mm-hmm. He got the best of them, and they did not like it. Mm-hmm. It's just like so many situations where we get the best of white people. They do not like it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, those whites, they just don't like what you do. The biggest threat to most white people are educated black people. Mm-hmm. That's a big time threat. Yeah. You know, because there's fear of us taking over mm-hmm. what they they put in place because they ain't really put it in place because we built this country. Right. They care so, for yeah. us to realize what they're doing. Yeah. The White House and all that was built by black people. Mm-hmm. All those establishments. And that's why they're tearing down all those racist statues around the country. Mm-hmm. They're coming down slowly. Mm-hmm. We're reclaiming our power. Reclaiming. Yep. Yeah. And some some whites are helping us reclaim that. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Giving us platforms to yeah. have our exactly. voices heard finally. Yeah. Too. Exactly. Platforms. And they're endorsing and saying, hey, what can I do to help? Because right. I understand what my forefathers and ancestors did right. was terrible Mm -hmm. and we didn't make no amends or reparations behind it or nothing we haven't done anything Mm -hmm. so what can i do to help Mm -hmm. and so that's what's taking place yeah well look here we're going to take a little short break we're going to come back you're on the bobby eaton show where we tell our stories our way you know i'm going to play some kind of old school back in the day it goes like this Yeah. 
Bobby Harris of the Dazz. And whenever I'm in Tulsa, I listen to KBOB 89.9 FM. Pan-Africanism, Dr. Umar Johnson. Whenever I'm in Tulsa, Oklahoma, I'm listening to The Bobby Eaton Show, 89.9 FM KBOB, for news, information, and critical analysis. The Bobby Eaton Show, that's where Dr. Umar hangs out. Bobby Eaton Show, where we tell our stories our way, and we've been talking about the Juneteenth celebration along with Black Lives Matter, and from a young people's perspective, and uh, we've got TK in the house. Yes, hello, hello. Yeah, Angel is in the house. Hey. Nika's in the house. Hey. Camilla's in the house. Hey. And we got everybody in the house. <laughs> she say, hey, I love her to death. So, uh, how do you guys feel? Some cell phones, okay. <laughs> How do you guys feel about uh, the love we have for one another today? You know, and you know, how do you feel about it? Uh, okay, <laughs> um, I black think, people. Yeah, um, it's it's growing. I believe. Huh? Uh, I think it's growing because um, before you know George Floyd's murder. I think we were definitely a lot more divided 
Um, but now I, I feel like we're becoming more united and we're starting to see that, okay, she's my sister, you know, she's, he's my brother, I'm his sister, blah, 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 you know. So, so you think that's happening a lot more now yeah. since all of this went you think it's brought about some consciousness and some unity? Yes, mm-hmm. I do. Huh? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You think that, Nico? Or what? I feel like we still got some ways to some go. Work, some work to we do. We got some yeah. work to do. We yeah, need we to work. be in some spaces together, men and women. Um, and, you know, really, however you identify, just coming into rooms together mm-hmm. and, and hearing each other's voices all at the same time. Um, going to really make that that love connection stronger um, mm-hmm. because love is you know about communication a lot right. of times and I, I think we need to come together a little bit more mm-hmm. in these times right now especially right right, right. what about you Angel how do you feel um, I think we have love for each other but we definitely do need to work on that love for each other um, yeah. we've been taught so much that to hate other black people hate ourselves that it was kind of hard to love each other. But now I think we're starting to get to that point. We see black men calling women queens, see the black women calling the dudes kings and stuff like that. So, so you think that's more of that's happening nowadays? Yeah, more of that is happening. We're starting to realize how powerful we are as black people and not animals, how uh, white people are treating us. So I think we're starting to realize that trying to get into that power as we are as black people. But, you know, we still got a long way to go. But we're definitely trying to make So what is it going to take for us to do that? I mean, what are, you know, I know that, you know, what is it going to take to put us back together? Back together. Yeah. It's not going to take, it's not going to be overnight. It's not going to be a year, two years. It's going to be a lifetime and keep working towards this. But to switch this mindset, but just keep working at it every day, showing love to, you know, fellow black people. Mm -hmm. I'm getting your ideas out there. You know, just doing stuff for you, for black people, and then that's how we're going to get that love back. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, I'm going to piggyback off of what Nika said. I think um, just um, you were saying that we need to be in, in spaces together. I think that's definitely important. Um, and, and, you know, talking about differences, talking about, you know, certain things that black men deal with, things that black women deal with, the things that us black women need for men and vice versa. Mm-hmm. I think we definitely need to be in spaces together. You know, and talk intellectually. Mm-hmm. Talk about relationships uh, with uh, each other. Yeah. Um, okay. Parenting, a lot of the community, how to unify, how to put our money back into us. Um, a lot of a lot of things. We talk about a lot of stuff. Healing. Mm-hmm. You know. What do you think, Nico? Yeah, all of that. Um, starting with going back a little bit and and bringing the old school back. Maybe some R and B. Balls or you know galas or something where the men yeah. dress up and the ladies dress yeah. up and we just really make a, a nice evening of the night where we're catering to one another and showing that love and that compassion with one another and just embracing in in the Tulsa environment together. Yeah, mm-hmm. I bring like that old school. Yeah, music right now. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what we, we play the old school music over here, and the reason we play old school, there's a reason, there's a method behind the madness. The reason we play old school music is because a lot of old school music talks about love. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, they talk about loving each other. When you put on them Barry Whites and mm-hmm. them OJs and all of them, them people talk about love and they don't talk about shooting and killing and demeaning yeah. women and calling them B's and H's and, you know, and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Uh, 
we just don't want to implement that into the spirit of our young black people who are our tomorrows, you know, and because if you don't respect yourself, you're not going to respect nobody else. Mm -hmm. So how can you respect somebody if you don't know? And see, a lot of people haven't been young, younger people. Some of them haven't been taught. So they don't have the education and the knowledge. Daddy might be in the penitentiary. Moms might be on drugs or alcohol or something, partying. You know, it's just a lot of different scenarios. Kids having to raise themselves in the household. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a lot of that going on, on too. So uh, it's kind of like I always use the analogy of a a wild horse out in the the field. He's going to be wild. He's going to buck. He's going to do everything buck until somebody's able to break him mm-hmm. to where they can ride him. Mm-hmm. But until then, he's bucking. You know what I mean? And you know, and that's what it's that's what it's like. You know, so a bronco. You know, mm-hmm. not that he's a bad horse. Mm-hmm. He's just a bronco out there with the rest of the broncos out there right. bucking. Out there bucking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, you know, bucking. So we have to use ways to educate with the knowledge. Mm-hmm. Got to have the knowledge because I think once black people really, really start investigating their lineage, where they come from, and their history, and stuff like that, it'll change their mindset. Yeah. You know, really. It'll start changing the way they think and what they do and the behavior will change. Mm-hmm. You know, but we got to give that information so it can change. Yeah. The information is the important part. It's giving that and putting that out there to them, letting them see that you know, we come from more than just slavery um, and letting them see the educators of our past, the medical professionals. Um, you know, we're not just in the entertainment industry. No. Like we're so much. And we're more. not just basketball players and right. football players. Right. We got, we've invented almost everything. Black people, yeah. math, science. We were, it all comes from Africa and we were scientists and all kinds of things, but a lot of things were stolen from us. And and certain races take credit for it, mm-hmm. you know, but they didn't start it. So, like you said, we're more than just the norm, you yeah, know. That's taught in school systems right. still to this day. It's mm-hmm. like World War One, World War Two, and then slavery. It's like mm-hmm. the it's like I went over to a school, and I went over to an elementary school and a middle school, right? Both of them. I'm not going to call no names. You guys are listening. You know Bobby came over there to mm-hmm. talk because you asked me to come over and talk to students. Mm-hmm. And uh, I said, what do you want to be when you grow up? All these kids. Oh, oh, oh me, 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 me. What do you want to be? I want to be a rapper. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? I want to be a basketball player. Mm-hmm. I want to be a football player. Then one little... Guy said, I want to be an engineer. Mm-hmm. And I said, wow, engineer, really? Most of them was wanting to be rappers and mm-hmm. basketball players, like we said. Yeah. But this one little boy said he wanted to be an engineer. And another little boy said, I want to be on the fire department. Mm-hmm. And I started saying, wow, I could tell the difference of the how they were raised in the homes. Because I asked the teachers, I said, after it was over with, I said, uh, these two little... Well, they come from two-parent families, mm-hmm. you know, and they make good grades and mm-hmm. do this. What about those? Old, well, 
they live over here in, here in the projects and they live in these uh, underserved community where it's rough. Mm-hmm. And I could tell the difference, you know, because these over here needed some knowledge. And somebody's a, see, a lot of them, all they want is to be loved. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Once they know that they're being loved and you embrace them with love, then you can communicate and you can get them to almost do anything. And it's a, it's the approach. Yeah. It's how you approach. If I come to you, you guys, hey, you're going to take offense to that. Mm-hmm. If I come to you like, hey, y'all, let's go down to the park and chill out. We're going to do that. We're going to eat some pizza if I'm with some kids. Mm-hmm. Eat some pe- oh, yeah, we're going to do that. Let's go. Mm-hmm. There's a communication barrier right there to where you need to just be able to communicate. You know, so we need to get back to loving each other and respecting our elders. I'm talking about my elders too. Yeah. There's some people older than Bobby Eaton, you know, so I got to respect them as well. Because when you respect your elders, you can learn. Yeah. yeah. Ooh. I tell young people all the time, <laughs> I say, you're missing out. I say, if you ain't listening to no old people talk, you're just missing out. That's true. You're not obtaining no maturity and no wisdom because you ain't listening to the elders. And we trying to help you not make mistakes that we made so you can go around the mistake and not have to do it. You know what I mean? If if you're over grandma's house or auntie Betty's house and she's in there, ladies, if she's in there cooking, go in the kitchen with her mm-hmm. and figure out, oh, yeah. figure out how she's cooking this. You know, learn how to cook. Huh? Those are the best moments. Yeah, the best moments. Learn how to learn the recipes. It ain't gonna kill you to go in there and and chop. Yeah, baby, chop up some of them potatoes right there. (laughs) You know, chop up some of them cucumbers over here. Mm -hmm. That ain't gonna kill you, guys. If if your daddy or your papa or grandpa's out there, you know, cutting the yard, go out there, grandpa. Let me have that line more. Let me push that. Uh, he he building or hammering on something. What you doing? Hand him some nails and stuff and learn how to, you know, get involved. Just don't miss the opportunities mm-hmm. for growth. That's the wisdom. Because when they're dead and gone, you're going to wish you learned how to do some of those things. Mm-hmm. When you get married or get in a relationship, you're going to wish you were able to know how to do some of those things for shortcuts. Yeah. You know, yeah. and that's what's not going on right now. A lot of young men don't know how to even change the flat on a car. Yeah. They don't even know how to even do how to grab a hammer and how to hit a nail. Yeah, mm-hmm. unfortunately. Uh, 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 some women can't even boil water. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just telling the truth. So we have to learn these skills, and that's one thing that I hate that they took out of schools. Is those kind of skill set classes oh, yeah. that help survival you skills. survival skills that help you in life. Yeah. Once you graduate, you got a skill, mm-hmm. you know. Because when my dad was around and I was a little kid, we worked. Mm-hmm. We didn't always get to go out and play. It was hammering, sawing, moving things, wheelbarrow, everything, getting dirty, getting tired, and assisting mm-hmm. in the work process. Yeah. You know, we had to cut grass. We didn't have to pay nobody to cut our grass. We cut it ourselves. We had to. Mm-hmm. It was mandated, you know. We were more resourceful back in those days. Big time. Way more. Way more resourceful. I remember my grandma could go in the kitchen 
and cook up a whole meal on little or nothing <laughs> in there in the cabinets. Mm-hmm. You'd have a whole big old biscuits and gravy and all kind of made out of flour and this and that, and she would make the meal greens over here, pot of green. I ain't come on. She'd have some tomatoes and stuff in the window, sitting in the window, you know, and all kind of, you just have a whole complete meal. Mm-hmm. You know, but we don't do that anymore. Mm-hmm. We don't grow gardens like we should, you know, and plant stuff. Yeah. Very few of us do that. Mm-hmm. But those things that keep us alive and keep us going, we don't do. We don't volunteer to go down to Miss Johnson's house and and cut her grass. And she lived by herself on fixed income. She eighty seven, eighty eight years old. Mm-hmm. Or go in her kitchen and wash her dishes and clean up her kitchen for her and arrange it. Which takes two hours. We don't we don't volunteer to do things. We should make a platform where when they need services like that, they do can, need services like we that. We can like read about it and go do it on the on the spot. You got to have the volunteers willing to go out there and and investigate yeah. those seniors and people in need. Mm-hmm. You know when you do that. Cause I told some brothers the other day. I say, hey man, uh, y'all need to go. Go out there and with that lawnmower that you cutting your grass with mm-hmm. and cutting Miss Johnson's yard. Mm-hmm. Just go out there and just surprise her. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean, fellas? You know you you know that they burning up in there. Go buy, go down to Home Depot, spend a hundred or some dollars. Y'all get together mm-hmm. and put an AEC in her window. Mm-hmm. You know she in there hot with the box fan. Mm-hmm. It's going on. It's happening like that in our communities everywhere. Go help her. Go. You know she can't paint a house. Mm-hmm. Paint it. Yeah. Get a five-gallon drum of paint and five or six of y'all go down there with a ladder and paint brushes and just paint a house for her. Mm-hmm. Clean it up. You know, just do something in one day. You're going to feel better when you do it. Mm-hmm. And when you finish, you're going to feel great. And it doesn't even always have to be just men doing it, too. No, it women don't have to be men. Join women, in on those activities. Women, there are women who paint. Yeah. There are women who cut grass. Yeah. I'll you know. Paint, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'll show paint the walls in miles. Yeah, right. That's, That's what I'm right. saying. So there, there, there are things that we can do to help our elders as they, because you got to think about it. They have more time behind them than they do in front of them. Mm-hmm. So if we can make the elders' lives better, while they're still here, it's a good thing. Mm-hmm. And you're going to feel good, you know, because when she passes away, you're going to say, well, I, try, I I invested in her life to help her out, mm-hmm. you know, and she told me some stuff. You might learn something, mm-hmm. you know, by doing so. Somebody got to lead by example. Somebody got to lead by I was in Houston, Texas, and um, I was a musician. I'm a musician, of course. Mm-hmm. And this church hired me to play bass guitar at the church mm-hmm. on the staff. A little salary and stuff like that. It was pretty decent. I thought it was good. <laughs> 2000 Cedar Church in the black community. Mm-hmm. The pastor was so pro-black that he bought up a lot of the... We in Fifth Ward, Texas. He bought up a lot of the houses in the church. I mean, in the, in Fifth Ward around the church. And the men went in and re re remodeled these homes. Mm-hmm. And I said, wow. And when they remodeled the homes, they put single parent mothers in there. They put homeless people in those houses. And I said, wow, what a ministry. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. what a ministry. So I was playing in this church. And uh, one day, I burnt some of my house up. 
Okay, I'm going to tell y'all a story. Okay, what you doing? There's a process called boiling strings on guitar strings. You know, the mm-hmm. strings on there. Mm-hmm. You take them off the guitar, you wrap them up, and you put them in a pot. And you put them on a the stove, and then you add alcohol to it. And then you turn the stove up and heat, and it boils those strings and takes all the dirt and stuff off of them. Mm-hmm. And they're like brand new. Mm-hmm. So you ain't got to go out and spend $25 for a set of strings. Mm-hmm. You can just put them back on your guitar after you wipe them down. Well, anyway, I was in there boiling strings, right? Water. Yeah. <laughs> and my wife said at the time, my wife at the time, she says, so-and-so is on TV. Come see. So I ran in there, and it was on TV on the news. I said, ah, okay. Mm-hmm. I said, all right. I waited till the story ended, and I walked back in the kitchen, and the pot was on fire. Mm-hmm. And it was going all up in the venter hood. It was high-rise fire. So I ran over there. Oh, Oh, and I grabbed the pot and I put it in the sink, mm-hmm. right? And I ran some water in it. <laughs> Close call, right? Jeez. But little did I know, I heard something up in the attic, in the roof. Mm-hmm. So I pulled that little ladder down, you know, that little ladder to upstairs. Mm-hmm. And I went up in there and the flames had got up in the roof in the attic. Oh, dang. And I went in there. I said, hey, hand me the fire extinguisher. She brought me the fire extinguisher, so I sprayed it. I'm out. Then I realized, well, I thought it was over with then. But what had happened, the fire got between the walls. Yeah, where I couldn't get to it. And it just started burning out the walls in the kitchen, burned mm-hmm. out trays in the bathroom, all that. Fire department came. They sprayed it. They, they knocked it all down, right? Mm-hmm. You know, when they come in, they just start tearing up. They don't even care about no mm-hmm. furniture. Move that over. No, uh-uh. we're going to just gonna get it. <laughs> yeah. We're going to axe it down. So what ended up happening, they they washed it and everything, and I made the biggest mistake of my life. I let my homeowner's insurance lapse for a month. A month. Mm-hmm. I didn't pay it, and it lapsed. So I didn't have no homeowners insurance. I said, oh, man, I'm dumb. It wasn't that I couldn't pay it. I had the money for it, but I just didn't pay it. I wasn't even tripping. You know what I mean? I just didn't pay it. I said, dang. So I can't call the insurance company, and I didn't pay it. So I'm playing at this church, right? So the word got around to some of the people in the congregation. They said, Man, Bobby's house caught on fire. You heard about that, dude. Some of the guys in the band called me. Man, it's going to be all right. Don't worry about it. So that Sunday, I went to church, right? Me and my wife and Trey, mm-hmm. we went to church. So I was trying to play that music and the praise the praise dancers and praise worship was up there. And I'm trying to play. I'm struggling. And the pastor saw me. So he got up. He got up in front of all them 2,000 people. And here's what he did. He got up and he said, hey, y'all bring the music down. Bring the music down. Matter of fact, halt. He stopped everything. He said, Bobby, come here. And I'm like, okay, I'm walking on over there. He put his arm around me at the pulpit. Mm -hmm. He said, y'all know Bobby's been very faithful and dedicated to this ministry. Mm -hmm. He's been with us. And he's every time we ask him to do something, he's been here. He said, I want all the contractors in this congregation to stand up. And a lot of men just stood up who were contractors. And he says, 
Saturday we going over to Bobby's house. <laughs> Bobby did he lost his insurance and blah 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 blah. We going over to Bobby's house. Saturday. I want all you men who's standing up. We're going to put Bobby's house back together. And he say, Deacon Gamble, the head deacon, mm-hmm. he say, bring me a bucket. Big old, he bought me a big old bucket. He said, Bobby, hold that bucket. Now y'all come and bless Bobby. <laughs> and they came around and dropped so much money into that bucket. One lady came up to my wife, put $1,000 in her hand. And I had all this money in this bucket. I was just crying like a baby. I'm like, wow, man, look at this ministry. One dude, after the service was over, he said, I'm going to put a dumpster in your driveway. And I I said, really? He said, yeah, we're going to need a dumpster. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So they put that dumpster in my driveway. Mm -hmm. I had collected that money. They went to Home Depot, bought all the supplies, and all of them showed up with belts on and put my house back together better than what it was before it burnt up. You see what I'm saying? Mm. Black men. And some of them couldn't all get in the house. Mm. It was too many of them. Mm. And they was outdoors with the barbecue grill and they was barbecuing and playing music and stuff. And some of them said, well, man, what can what can we do? I said, man, I don't know. Talk to Miss Eaton. You know what I mean? <laughs> they talked to Miss Eaton. They talked to my ex-wife and they said, what can we do? She said, well, we can. Y- y'all want to paint? Yeah, we want to paint. Well, I always wanted that wall kind of uh, uh, so-and-so green and this one over here, yellow, whatever, the colors that she was picking out. And they went and painted up my house, restored my kitchen and everything. When they left out, all I could do was say, wow, man, mm. you know, what a powerful ministry of help. It reminded me of Black Wall Street yeah. when people helped each other, when people got together and it wasn't all about uh, the money and everything, and mm-hmm. well, you got to pay me to do this, and blah, 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 blah. it wasn't all about that. It was about helping your fellow man and your brother. And I thought about that, and I said, "Wow, man, it happened to me." So if we get together and we can serve, that's what it's about—serving mm-hmm. other people, especially in need, because you got it. You know what I mean? Some I remember when we didn't have a air condition. Black people, it was it was hot like it is in here right now. <laughs> but I'm just saying, I remember when we didn't we didn't have that, you know, and we got to serve people. So I just want to share that little story with you guys, you know, because that reality is real, yeah. real life choices, real life things. Sometimes our parents. That's what I like about your parents, TK, because they are from the earth and the ancestors. They. They just real with what they do. Mm-hmm. They don't live in the norm. In the norm, right? Yeah, you're right. <laughs> it ain't it ain't normal, right? Yeah. Like the normal, they live a lot of uh, chiefs implements a lot of culture to you and your your mother. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's what a good thing. So we need to get back to our roots. You know, just get back to the roots. So you can be educated and know who you are. Study. Use those cell phones for more than just some stupid stuff. You know what I mean? And dumb stuff. Get some information on it. Mm -hmm. You know, go to school on it. You know, learn something about yourself. You know, if you're going to go to YouTube, pull up something worth YouTubing. Mm -hmm. 
you know, because a lot of us, all we want to pull up is love and hip hop and, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And all of the, the foolishness yeah. that go on there, you know, judge Judy and your know, divorce court and everything else, you know, pull up something with some substance. Right, feed your brain. Yeah, feed your brain with something. Make your brain be like, ooh, yeah, (laughs) this feels good. You know what I mean? So that's what we need to do. You know, so I encourage you to do that. Yeah. Well, we're on the Bobby Eaton Show where we tell our stories our way. And uh, I'm getting ready. We're getting ready to take a break. You know, we take a break and we're going to come right back. So, Dow, I want to hear from somebody. Dow, 646. 716-5525 716-5525 and don't forget to press that one button. 
That's right. That's the toughest spot. Don't mean we got to stop. We're on the Bobby Eaton Show where we tell our stories our way. All right, in the studio, I'm talking with TK, Angel, Mika, and uh, Pamela. Hey, hey. Well, hey, we've had a great time, you know, here on the show tonight. And uh, I just want to thank you guys for taking the time to come out, you know, and share it with us. Come back. We'll have you back. You know what I mean? Keep in mind, TK, what's happening on Thursday? Every Thursday, 6 to 8 p.m. Central Standard Time, KBOB 89.9. Y'all tune in to the Juice Radio Show, okay? Tune in, tune in, tune in. Make sure make sure y'all dial 646-716-5525 and press 1 to go live so that y'all can chat with us. So, yeah. yeah that's, good. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. Okay, till the next time, we want you guys to have a good one and take care. And we want you to stay black.